Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. Jeff Steins, our national and presidential expert, noted author. You can find his books over at Next Chapter Books, totally Iowa.com. Uh, .com. Uh, we have, of course, the Iowa Business Report and the Iowa Politics Report come to us from KXEL in Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where Jeff is joining us from today. You are there, correct? I are here. You yes, are sir. there. There I, you are. I, I am right here in the studio. I don't feel like I really ever leave, but you know well you don't man okay you you and i are like you know kind of some sort of greek twins you go you know at one point you know you decided you know what i'm gonna be professional in business and wear suits and dude i'm slack or casual i mean it's just they have to nudge me awake for this event here you know it's 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 you know you you and i definitely are taking different paths in our career they roll you over and put a different T-shirt on you. Is it the Savannah Bananas today? Yes, Savannah Bananas. The there you are. There you go. Yeah. By the way, I, can't, I, I cannot wear the one I wore yesterday around this town, the Red Owl. You remember the old Red Owl grocery stores, right? Sure. Yeah. Of course. Right. I cannot wear that around because I, I, I wore it yesterday, and then I just wear it again this morning because I'm going to go work out at the gym, and I just, you know, I'm not going to dirty up a different shirt. I'll just dirty that one up. And yeah. I, 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 it took me an extra half hour to get done because I had people say, I remember the, every trip I ever made to the Red Owl. Let me tell you about it. And you're like, oh, my God. I can't wear that shirt to, like, a Twins game or a Vikings game. I can't I can't go up and down the stairs without at least two or three people saying, Red Owl, that's a great shirt. And you're like, okay, all right, fine. I like, I like Red Owl, too. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if they said, hey, guy in the Red Owl shirt, I love your radio show weekday <sighs> afternoons from 3 until 5 on the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, considering the demographic that's usually saying they like my shirt, I'm not sure they're fans. I think well, it's because the they, they've torn what? the knob off the TV on Fox News a long time ago, I think. Well, I, you know, Brett's going to have to weigh in on this, but shouldn't you, when you're out in public, be wearing a station shirt? Shouldn't you be advertising for the brand? Shouldn't there just be this big AM 950 all over you? Brett, there could be. Yeah, we could get maybe one of a giant picture of your face on there with a Matt McNeil. Oh, shirt. I would. I would not be against that. I would not be against wear, me wearing just a shirt with my face on it. <laughs> that that would clear out the aisle at the at the game, to be sure. But I mean, truly, it's you go out and do a personal appearance. You wear a, a station uh, cap or a shirt. Shouldn't it? Oh, this is what it should be. Brett, work on this. You know, logo, of course. Big old face of Matt, but then it says, listen to me weekday <laughs> afternoons from three until five. If we just I put think that'd be fantastic. If we just put the picture of my face on that, I'm just I already can see what's going to happen. They're gonna like it's like, <laughs> I love the movie Powder too. And you're like, oh God, no. That's <laughs> like, no, no, no. Hey, hey, Shrek. You know, no, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go down that road. <laughs> Well, I, I, again, it's a missed opportunity yes. because you, you'd be a walking billboard. Just think how much Red Owl got in publicity, right, by you wearing the T-shirt. <laughs> Heaven forbid I, there aren't any more Red Owl stores around so that they could in, that's, engage that's in that. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're not able to cash in. So you've already proven, you know, really, you ought to be walking around 
in a shirt with sponsor logos. You ought to be like a NASCAR oh, driver. I, I would. Respect. You got me a NASCAR bodysuit like the the drivers have with all the station. Aver- oh, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I would wear that. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay, so once again, management of AM 950, pictures or it didn't happen. That's all I'm going to say about it. Um, so Trump's guilty of, I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's inflating property values. And then there's there what Trump, there, there is so brazen. Uh, we just did in the last segment, we took the Washington Post survey where you can basically go and type in your house value and see what it'd be evalu- elevated to. Uh, under the Trump standard, and the one that's a uh, that's funny is a three hundred thousand dollar house would be worth ten million dollars under Trump's valuation process, and you know, it's it's worth whatever somebody will pay for it. But it's not a Van Gogh. No, it's not. It's, it's not. There's here's the part which I mean. Not only clearly are they guilty because this is not one time. It's not one misplaced decimal point. It is years and years and years of grossly evaluating the price here. But as well, I'm somewhat stunned the banks aren't also being hauled in on this because when you went and bought your house, I bought my house, one of the things the bank always insists is make sure the property's worth what we're paying for it. And they they send an inspector to make sure everything's on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Uh, at no point does it seem like when he was going to these banks for these loans and he was saying uh, that the, the Mar-a-Lago's worth a billion, they would say, okay, sure, mm-hmm. we'll just, you know, handshake deal. They did, there wasn't any kind of, you know, evaluation process that said, okay, you're wrong or you're right. It just is they took him at face value. You and I have talked about this before, and we've talked about the fact that no self-respecting bank is going to take the valuation of a person walking in the door, and I don't care what their name is. It's exactly the point you made. When you buy a piece of property or you're getting a loan for a piece of property, they have an appraisal. And these are real life certified appraisers, not ones you as the one getting the mortgage hire. So Matt McNeil goes in and says, you know what? I want to get a mortgage against the radio station and it's worth $11 billion. They're going to say, well, we need an appraisal. So then Matt gets his buddy that he owes money to to do an appraisal that says, yep, $11 billion. They're not going to accept that. That's why you have certified appraisers. And this is not to absolve Trump in in any respect, but how is it that the bank is taking on a bad loan like this? Were they so just bowled over that Trump wanted to do business with them? Was it the power of personality? I don't get it. But it's quite a mess. Well, and it doesn't absolve Trump or his family no, from this no. at all. I mean, it's it's a two party system. You can't have a fraud on this level for this long without a lot of people involved. Here's well, the other. And, and the only way you could, the only way you could, and again, you're the one. Let's say getting the loan. You look at an appraisal, and it says ten million dollars, and you, in good faith, believe that that appraisal is accurate. And so you say, yes, it's worth $10 million. You could do that once, first of all. But second of all, you could do it if it didn't defy the, the smell test. $300,000 to $10 million for to use your, your earlier example. I mean, the common average person would say, that looks a little higher. 
So again, everything I just said, Matt, is on a one-time situation. How many times was this repeated for the Trump Corporation? Well, and I'll even back you up and give them another out on this. Say you did have a faulty evaluator. Come on out and say your $300,000 house is worth $10 million. Right. It's one thing that if and then in every form you list from 20, 2009, 2010, 2011, you list $10 million, $10 million, $10 million. He didn't do that. He kept valuing and changing the value, which then, you know, even if he was trying trying to say that there was some sort of evaluator that was, you know, out of control, the reality is, is they kept putting different numbers down on paper, which means that there's someone should have come in every time. It, there is a lot of fault here, but it, 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 this this ruling against Trump, it really does pretty much wipe out his ability to do business in New York at this point. You know, there was something, and in, in you and I talked about this at a previous point. Well, by the way, put in a different number in different years. Well, it's inflation. You know, market's hot. But <laughs> it's, when, it's four million dollars more hot. That's that's well, those eggs. Those eggs are pricey, man. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, and the other thing is, if you're the bank, how many times has Mr. Trump's businesses taken bankruptcy? I Multiple. Think, yeah, I think he's up to eight or nine. Or, well, and I don't even know how many, but even if it was one, if you took bankruptcy and then went into the bank, aren't they going to look at you a little more closely? Yes. I would say yes. All right. So now go to go to this. Um, now, I don't even remember what we were talking about here. Uh, the, it, 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 it's, it's maddening because... When, when you put the dollar amounts on there, and uh, this is something that's been rumored for so long, the New York Attorney General, and this was something Trump world was really going on and on about, she campaigned saying, you elect me Attorney General, and I'm going to get Trump. I mean, she basically said that. And they all said, well, it's ridiculous, et cetera, et cetera. But if you can prove it, it's not boasting, <laughs> no. right? I mean... It's, if she went into this saying, I'm going to get Donald Trump. Now, I, I don't like that as a campaign slogan, okay, for a prosecutor. I want a prosecutor who says, I will, you know, bring everyone to justice. She lasered in on him. She got elected. And she's able to marshal a case. Okay, it may be, uh, the, she may be biased as all get out, but if there are facts to support it, it ain't bias. Well, if if you're going to give them that many facts, and I mean, it clearly is bugging Trump. I mean, he has gone ballistic ever since this because mm-hmm. this is his entire thing. This is I'm a very wealthy, successful business person that's worth billions, and you know he still is worth millions. It's just he's not worth billions, and he just doesn't like the the, the reality of of that coming down on him. Um, yeah. uh, Cassidy Hutchinson. Now you're going to be obviously one of the things you're very quick to say when we talk about individuals and their books that are coming out about anyone. It's one person talking here mm-hmm. in the case. They do open themselves up for lawsuits and funny story. A lot of times there's no lawsuits to to challenge this stuff. <laughs> yes. When, when she's talking about Trump and I'll just briefly mention this, the fact that if part of her story is that Trump was screaming, hang him, hang him, hang him on January 6th while he was watching this. Yeah, you know, I I I don't quite that 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 revelation is that you know he was you know he was screaming about hanging Mike Pence while he watched the coverage. I you know, and the fact that when he screamed it, then it was all of a sudden being said by the crowd. Ah, uh, that's just you know once again you know you know fascism one hundred and one. I mean, it's just it it is terrifying to think that someone was in the White House of the of the United States. Once again, one person saying it right now. Although I mean, there's a lot of evidence that he was indeed encouraging this. 
Um, but with Cassidy Hutchinson, the fact that we had a president in the White House allegedly screaming to hang the vice president while they were president is, I, 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 I mean, that, that is beyond believable in regards to anything. I mean, it's, it's like a bad Gerald Butler movie, for God's sakes. Well, now, now there's, you've just made the point of the right. It is beyond believable. Because is this not the same woman who was on the Trump payroll, personal payroll, for months after Trump left office? And but isn't she is the woman in the book okay. that also claims that Rudy groped her? But I you're, mean, there's a well, no, stuff here. well, but okay. And what you're saying is this is that is it believable? But there comes a point when the 23 women that accuse him of sexual assault, the Fulton County DEA, the, the federal investigators, the, the Jack Smiths, the, the, the fact we have boxes and boxes of classified documents in a bathroom, we now have all the fraud that's being thing. It's not like this is, you know, you know, a, you know an, an angel all, who all of a sudden has one person besmirching them. This is someone who this actually plays directly in their their timeline. This is who they are. And if at this point, after all of this stuff, you look at Cassidy Hutchinson and it's like, well, just how can you believe her? Well, we can believe her because Trump himself admits to half this stuff. And you know, it's it's it, you have to that that's the that, that's the paradigm of the modern Trump supporter is that you have to deny that he's done the things that he is actually bragging about doing. Well, and, and the thing, and you said, and that's why I picked up on the phrase, you said it's beyond believable, but that's yes. Trump. <laughs> what, well, what did you, what have you heard from the White House that day previously that he sat and munched on a cheeseburger and was enjoying what he was seeing on TV? Okay. If in fact, you've heard that previously, and I think that is an accurate recitation of what we had heard previously. Now you add a couple of details does it then become much more plausible yeah all right now again i can i can play both sides of this street very easily why is it she stayed on trump's payroll for so many months because you need a job why is it that she saved some of these assertions until the book because that's what you do to sell a book. I mean, it's, and, well, it's but it's also what you know, a lot of other Trump officials have also done. Well, now, yeah, exactly. So, so the point is, I am not going to simply accept everything she says or reject everything she says. Haven't read it. Haven't investigated it. It's just again, there's so much. This is the thing, and this is where this is important to me, anyway. This is the very thing, Matt, that leads a lot of people who voted for Trump twice and otherwise are disposed to vote for him a third time. That leads them to say, mm, I'm going to look around a little bit because they like the Trump from 2015 slash 2016 to the point that they voted again in 2020, but they don't want the drama. Mm -hmm. So let's just assume for the sake of argument that everything the young woman wrote in, well, they're all young to me. I'm six <laughs> well, years you old and I the same, man. It's like, Hey, young <laughs> youngster. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey, little girl. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, if you, if you, if you, if you assume that everything that, that she said is false, it's still out there. It's still swirling around. And this is the kind of stuff that there are a lot of people who say, I like the guy. I like what he did. But I just can't do it a third time because there's too much drama. Yeah. And that's one of the problems. So, again, 
assume that everything she says is a lie, it's still a problem for him from an electability standpoint. But really, the the person that doesn't come out well in this book is not Trump. I mean, he doesn't look great. It's no. Mark Meadows who needs a sad trombone every time he walks into a room at this point. I mean, it's just, you know, it's Meadows sounds like just the most pathetic human being. And the fact I did love the thing that the, he's, you know, you've burned leaves. You've had a campfire. You've done these things and you know, how you smell like the campfire that apparently Mark Meadows is walking around the white house smelling like he's been out roasting marshmallows all the time because he's been burning so many documents for Trump. I mean, it just, it's, it's you know it, there is just a, a a caravan of lunacy that was in that White House, and to hear stories like this, it just is like wow. And Meadows, who's already in trouble in Fulton County, and he's in big trouble now that they've kicked it back down to state court. Um, he you know the fact is now you have all this out there as well. He definitely is a guy that's his his reputation will never at best recover. He might end up being being in jail at some point. If you do not do a promo where your program is called, what was it? The, the Carnival of Lunacy? What did the, you just the call car, it? The Carnival of Lunacy, yes. Yeah. Or the ca- Caravan. The Caravan, caravan of Lunacy. Caravan. The Caravan of Lunacy. I knew, I knew I should have taken notes. Yes, the Matt McNeil Show. A Caravan of Lunacy. We, that's the T-shirt. There you go. That, that, see, With I'm the sad trombone sound in the background. <laughs> a picture of Brett playing a trombone in the background. Okay, here's the thing with Meadows. Why did he take the job to begin with? That is something that has puzzled a lot of folks. He had a very safe congressional seat, as I understand it, as I recall. Why would you take the job as chief of staff in a short-term situation? Did you think that you were going to be the heartbeat away, not as a vice president, but you know, you could leverage it because you'd watch too many episodes of The West Wing and you thought that if he got reelected, you were going to be the the power behind the throne. I don't know. But the <laughs> fact that, again, nice analogy this time of year, you come into the house, you've been burning leaves. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and, and so this is the thing. I don't know why he took the job to begin with. I'm not sure that he was terribly good at it. He tried to roll so that he wouldn't get charged. That didn't work in Georgia. Yeah, it's it's a real it's a real. Uh, I'm sure he's looking at the resume, going, "Man, that was a mistake." Well, maybe those boxes in the bathroom were actually labeled firewood. Uh, and and let's face it, Mark Meadows was. If you're looking at a character from from entertainment to compare him to, the gimp from Pulp Fiction had more dignity. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. The the shutdown in the government could is is going to happen. We'll get to that in a second. Jeff Stein joining us. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM nine fifty. AM nine fifty, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us for his usual Wednesday visit, and Jeff the. Uh, I want to give actually the Senate a lot of credit, both sides on the Democrats and Republicans. They actually came together with a bill to keep the government open just to dangle over the House and basically said, we're being adults. We can get this done. You know, I just I do not have any faith that they're even though he's willing to apparently throw, you know, funding for poor schools, for hungry families, for hungry pregnant women, all that stuff can get cut to the bone. I just don't think it's going to be enough for for uh, McCarthy to get a bill passed without any Democrats on board. Speaking of caravan of lunacy, yeah, my God! I mean, here's where I knew that all was lost. When McCarthy comes out of the meeting, 
And people say, well, what's the holdup? And he says, I don't know what they want. They won't tell me what they want. When members of his own caucus who are standing in the way, you know, he says, what can I do? They don't have an answer. They just want to say the word no. And, you know, I mean, we, we talk about uh, McCarthy's got to worry about people like Matt Gates. He's got to worry about uh, Mitch McConnell. He just stole his lunch money, stole McCarthy's lunch money with this with this maneuver. And again, who looks like the adults in the room? Mm-hmm. It's not this uh, ragtag bunch of Republicans and stop complaining that you have such a small majority. That's your own fault because you articulated zero vision other than I want to be speaker. And that was it. In Minnesota, we had a one seat majority for the DFL in, in, in the Senate and they still got everything passed. And it, it was relatively amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, th- that being said, you bring up the problem, though. The problem really is this. You've got you know, districts where a turnip with an R next to their name could win the seat. And then mm-hmm. in, in what you get into those seats are people who are addicted to their TV time, their, their, their Twitter, you know, likes and, and their social media status where their trolls come out there and praise them constantly. And when you have that, it's, I, I, I think McCarthy's exactly right. I think these people, they just know that they're, they're running down the street screaming with their arms waving, but that's how they get attention. And they love that. And you can't get them out because they're in districts which have been designed for a Republican not to be able to lose. Well, and at the very least, you know, I think McCarthy just had finally had enough and said, fine, bring it. File the motion. File the motion to vacate the chair. I dare you to do it because Mm -hmm. if they want to go to, you know, maybe it's just not worth it anymore to him. And I don't know that I would blame him because, again, it's not like he's there to lead an agenda or a movement. He's already got the business card. Would it help him? I, I got to imagine it would help his perception if he all of a sudden reached out to, say, 60 Democrats and say, what do you guys want? The, mod- the well, most moderate that's Democrats. The thing, but that's the thing that the that the far-right Republicans say will immediately trigger a motion to vacate. And I, you know, and I think at this point he ought to just say, government needs to stay open. We're not mm-hmm. shutting it down. Bring, get a little coalition together. Even if once again you have a minority of Republicans, at least it's a governing body. And other than that, we're shutting it down by the time people hear this uh, on Best of this weekend. And look at that segue. There you go. Nicely done. And by the way, you know, as much as they want to try, no one's going to blame anyone else but House Republicans no, on this in any all. way. So. Uh, the, we do replay this on the weekend. You can get more Jeff for your dollar right here on AM 950. We'll put the Iowa politics report out a little bit later on hour two. That's coming up next. Thanks, Jeff.